This is WKOK Sunrise on your station for the best news, talk, and sports. News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Rob Center, a fabulous producer, doing a fabulous job as always as we launch into a new month. It is September 1st, 2020. On the news line with us now, Tanisha Williams is here. Uh, she is Dr. Tanisha Williams on the campus of Bucknell University. She's the Burpee Postdoctoral Fellow in Botany in the Biology Department at Bucknell. Has done a lot of tremendous research and has been leading some discussions not only about important uh, issues as it relates to plants and botany and uh, that particular science, but uh, the hashtag Black Botanist Week is attributed to her, and that's important in, in the world of science as well. So, Tanisha, thank you so much for calling in this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I do appreciate that. Uh, a botanist that is uh, a studier of uh, plants, we know that to be true. Explain yes. what your particular uh, area of expertise it is. We know it's this uh, phenotypic plasticity. Kind of dig into that a little bit, if you would, please. Yes, so I study how plants cope with their environment. So it's really important that we um, understand how plants will respond to climate change and the environment around them because plants can't move like animals and humans where we can put in a coat when we're cold. So that's the reason why I study that. And I've um, been studying that for a while in South Africa. And I've been looking um, particularly at how um, flowering times change throughout the century in response to increases in temperature. Well, sometimes I have, uh, I'm not going to call it a flip response, but just I think, okay, if, if, if you have a lot of plants that thrive in one area and the planet gets warmer and they don't do as well there, maybe they go farther north or whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. That's no big deal. But give us some sort of a glimpse about how this puzzle of our world's biodiversity, that it's important that it's it, it stay vibrant and that, uh, pl you know, plants just can't pick up and move, so that, that's yeah. important, too. Yes, it's really important. So what I found in my study is that over the past century in South Africa, the temperatures, the mean annual temperatures have um, risen by 2.9 degrees Celsius, which is a phenomenal jump in temperature over a hundred years where we're seeing that type of temperature in the history of our planet within thousands and millions of years. So we're asking um, these plants to respond in such a quick period of time and they are flowering seven days earlier. But what's really um, phenomenal about this is that they're flowering seven days earlier, but they're pollinators. Um, are their pollinators responding to the temperature in the same um, capacity? Are they emerging earlier? Are they able to get the pollen and um, pollinate these flowers? So we're still trying to figure that piece out, but a lot of studies have shown that we're seeing this mismatch where plants are flowering earlier or later, but the insects that help pollinate them are not responding to these increases in temperature, which this, they're basically setting a date up with their pollinator and the flower is showing up, but the pollinator is not there. Okay, so it's not the timing's not ideal, and I, I guess yes. the uh, the interactive complexity of our world's biodiversity should be talked about here. That uh, of course humans mm. uh, we selfishly depend on plants to survive yes. in many many ways. 
everything that we do from breathing and eating, the clothes that we wear, the foods that we eat, everything, the medicines, everything is stemming from plants. So we should want a healthy earth and a healthy planet with diverse plants. And we want these diverse plants because having this diversity um, does a lot for our ecosystem, meaning cleaning the water that we're drinking, cleaning the air that we're breathing. And also a lot of plants, we don't even know what they could be used for um, right now. There's so many plants that are undiscovered that we're still trying to discover in many different countries. All right. Well, we'll continue to talk about that. And honestly, I think we should devote a, a series of conversations about this with, with you and your colleagues so that we have uh, yes. even a greater handle on, on this in the future. As uh, time went on in your studies, uh, I believe you noticed that some specialties in the science field and other career fields uh, set aside some time and some information and some dedication of awareness uh, towards black uh, lives and uh, blacks mm -hmm. in science. And you are black, so this is uh, was something that uh, w is real to you. So uh, tell us about Black Botanist Week and sort of the significance that uh, a segment of the science field be, uh, be brought up and talked about like this. Yes, this is a, um, a whole campaign across many different fields. I started this week after interacting with Black Birders Week, and that started because a white woman called the police wrongfully on a black man while he was birding in Central Park. And so that created, in the time of this pandemic and Black Lives Matter, that created this uproar that we wanted to see more black people that look like us, more um, highlighting of black people enjoying nature, enjoying science. And that was um, a feeling I wanted to bring to the botanist community as well because it went over so well for the birder community. So I wanted to create a space um, for black people to be highlighted and to see more of this positivity on my timeline as well and interact with more black people who love plants because I personally didn't know a lot of black people that were botanists. But you found many others globally. Yes, we found so many. I mean, our committee of the Black Botanist Week is 12 committee members, and we're from all throughout the United States, South Africa, and the U.K., and why is uh, well? Let me let me ask you. Uh, I'll start with a negative, and then I'll do the positive. Were mm -hmm. blacks in science fields experiencing discrimination? Sort of the same type of conversation that we would have if we were talking about medical care or housing. When it comes to the sciences and academic opportunity and research and so on, discrimination mm -hmm. was that taking place there? So I will say that there's many different experiences of being black in the sciences, but it is an, um, an institution. Academia is an institution, and we are seeing that there are numbers of um, black students not prevailing in the sciences um, at the rates of their other colleagues, and we're trying to figure out why that is. And so there's many different types of programs that I've been also a part of that helped me feel like I belonged in science, that I belonged um, in academia as well. And having that representation where someone is saying that you belong here, you're smart enough to be here is huge um, for anyone, and not only black people, but because black and brown and people of color have been disadvantaged for such a long time, these are the groups that we're focusing on. I always look at just the big picture, and and so from that perspective, I'll ask, are black children raised up uh, 
in the sciences as much. I mean, maybe this is contributing to uh, what is a disproportionately small number of black botanists because uh, maybe some families don't, who are black don't emphasize the sciences as, as much as other families do. Is that uh, but I would highly doubt that. So okay. I was raised in Washington, D.C., and all of my extracurricular activities were stemmed around science. I was a Girl Scout. We went hiking. We talked about science, not in the um, sense of this is science, technology, engineering, and math, but there was always some component of science in um, my upbringing and in my friends. And in D.C., they have a lot of STEM programs, science, technology, engineering and mathematics programs that I was a part of through the University of District of Columbia, and that's where I discovered that I love science, and I actually wanted to be an engineer before I wanted to be a botanist because of that program. So I think science is a part of um, a lot of children's lives. It's kind of when you're filtering through maybe middle school, high school, and classes may get a little bit harder instead of having that extra help with tutors and things like that. You kind of feel like maybe I can't do this if I can't pass this math class or things like that. So I think it's more mentoring and tutoring we have to focus on. Um, and then also other opportunities. I, I had the advantage of being raised in a city where museums were free. And that, that's a whole other component of this, is having the means and the funding to expose your child to many different types of activities. And is this a good time to be, uh, to be black and to have an interest in the STEM and in uh, specifically some of the, uh, the sciences that you're most interested in now? Is this your time? I think it's a great time. We're seeing these types of hashtag Black Botanist Week or Black in STEM and Black in Neurology Week pop up throughout online campaigns on Twitter and Instagram, and I think it's just wonderful. And we got a lot of great support for our Black Botanist Week where students were saying, I'm so happy that I'm seeing black botanists. I, I didn't know there were black botanists out there and we're connecting people. So it's a great time to be a black and brown and person of color scientist right now. Well, describe your reaction when you first uh, proposed this and put it out there, Black Botanist Week, and the next thing you know, it, it started spreading and spreading and spreading. Yes. And thousands <laughs> and thousands. I mean, I'm always happy when my sunset picture gets 20 likes, but uh, you're well into the 10,000s. Yeah, this was uh, this was not imagined. It was just something that I wanted to see happen for the botanist community, but I didn't think about numbers. And then, it, as you said, it just really spread, which really warmed my heart. Well, it's uh, it's a great subject, and I'm glad it's being brought up and talked about. And you have an open mic here anytime to discuss it. Anything in ad- thank you. Anything additionally important to mention on all of these topics we discussed that maybe I didn't uh, ask important uh, That's words. a good question. I, I would love to come back on because, um, as you know, I work with Dr. Christopher Martin, and I would love to talk about some of the Pennsylvania projects that we're doing. We do a lot of um, projects on rare plants in um, Pennsylvania, and that would be a fun topic to talk about as well. Well, share your gifts with us again. I guarantee we will do that. Uh, make a date to every six weeks. Come back and and really help us delve into the science. And maybe we'll inspire yes. s- some young botanists of uh, any any age or color. And, and try to yes, get <laughs> I hope so. 
can get more girls involved. Let's just be frank about that, too, so that wouldn't hurt yeah. anything. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tanisha. Very much appreciated. Uh, clearly, we're going to talk again, and we're not all that far from being able to talk in person, we hope. So uh, we'll, we'll, oh, get you, great. we'll get you in studio, too. Thank you, Tanisha Williams. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Tanisha Williams. Uh, she is the Burpee Postdoctoral Fellow in Botany in the Biology Department at Bucknell University. Dr. Chris Martin, of course, gets producer credits here for connecting us up with her and making sure that uh, we were aware that uh, she was uh, making news uh, globally with the hashtag Black Botanist Week and, of course, the national conversation, our uh, inter-global conversation about uh, plants coping with and changing and evolving as it comes up, uh, as it comes with uh, climate change. So we appreciate her call today.